Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Relatively new year for the whole A&G crew. Uh, it's uh, yeah, a I lucky think... thing and a fortunate thing to be able to say, great to be back at work. Oh, yeah, having a job, period, is cool. Um, uh, and I think most of the world is going back to school and work today, although I'm a prisoner of Southwest Airlines. Still not, still not back home yet today. And uh, my son missing school, which uh, really sucks, but... Um, with air travel where it currently is, that's, uh, you know, the idea of getting somewhere when you're supposed to be there. It's just, it's just not realistic. Um, did get, so I, the reason I'm in the Midwest is the whole family gets together usually after Christmas, extended family. So seeing my brothers and nieces and grandma and grandpa and all that sort of stuff. And we all ended up sitting around the table having the New Year's resolution conversation. Who on the show has a New Year's resolution? Michael, did you make a New Year's resolution? Yes, I did. It is to walk more. Walk and walk and walk. Hmm. Well, I want to be more physically healthy. Take it real seriously. There you go. There Fitness. you go. There you go. And you're mostly leaning on exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Just move. That is uh, that is the number one resolution in America. Almost half of Americans are making some sort of getting healthier resolution. Hanson, do you have a New Year's resolution? Can you tell somebody in their ear? I don't know if he's telling anybody. He wants know. to appreciate his children's love of Crocs. The shoe. There you go. 
There you go. Better understand his kids and their devotions to Crocs. That's nice. It's a, it's a tough one. It really is. Joe, your resolution, you already mentioned you're not drinking for January. Do you have anything else? Well, yeah, I'm uh, I'm stretching more. That's uh, I know that sounds silly, but uh, that's an important part of fitness, especially as you get older. So I'm going to stretch more. And second, and more importantly, perhaps, uh, it, uh, it's uh, I'm going to live out the old saying, to have a friend be a friend. I'm going to spend more time and more energy fertilizing, if you will, my friendships. Put more into them. Be a better friend. And is, are, are there some concrete examples of that that we could picture? You know what it, it comes down to? And it's funny, I was just reading uh, in the New York Times, they've got the, uh, the, you know, how to have a healthier, happier life thing going a series. And, um, and, and, and a lot of it has to do with relationships. And the, you get the urge, should I call? Should I not call? Maybe I'll text. Should I text? Maybe they're busy. Uh, is now a good time for my kids to talk, whatever. Air to the affirmative consistently. Reach out. If it's not convenient to talk, they'll text you back and say maybe a little later. And the New York Times actually suggested, and this is funny, I'm not sure how they came up with this number, but the eight-minute conversation. Text somebody and say, I want to talk to you for eight minutes. Can you do it? Because they point out that often there's an asymmetry in how long people want to talk. And if people know it's going to be fairly short, they will almost uniformly say, yeah, let's do it. And you you deepen that connection with friends. It sounds weird, I know. It took me a while to get used to the idea. What do you think of that? Yeah. Well, it, 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 it makes sense. I get it. And once you got used to it, it'd be fine. But the first text, having not heard this, the first text I got from someone saying, I need to talk to you for eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I would think, what the hell? Yeah, I know. I know it's such an odd idea, but the uh, the writers uh, gave examples of, you know, friends that are very busy people or whatever, but they told them eight minutes and they got together. They had a wonderful chat and scheduled their next eight minute talk for, you know, three days or a week or whatever. I would cut that friend off at the eight minute mark. I would just hang up yeah, without explanation. Yes, I've got the timer going. <laughs> you liar. Click. The timer is going. And then, then they could be in mid sessions. Boy, and you know, the bad thing about my mom is click. Sorry. Sorry, the eight minutes is up. Um, so half of people now, uh, the most popular one by far is something around health, losing weight, exercising more, whatever. My niece texted me. She She's a regular works out person, and she said the gym was insane yesterday, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So we'll get into the success rates of these people with their uh, – resolutions here in a second but so our entire lives up until a few years ago the number one was always every single year quit smoking that's now down to the low teens as a percentage of people that want to do it because obviously they're just a heck of a lot less smokers than they used to be um number two after you get through the health stuff if you lump all that together eating healthy exercising more losing weight uh, number two is saving money. Boy, and that's an easy one to think. I don't know how other people lived the last two weeks, but I acted like I was Elon Musk before he lost $200 billion. That's the way I was acting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can relate. Good, and it's just crazy. And, uh, like, it hit me yesterday, something I was thinking about buying um, that I hadn't purchased yet. I spent plenty of money over the last two weeks. Something I think about, And I, like, woke up in the middle of the night. He's like, are you nuts? What are you? What are you thinking, you crazy person? 
Wow. So, wow. It's like a fever, a fever that seizes it you. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You want to um, hear something shocking about the vacation? I lost a pound over vacation. Oh, oh wow. Now, here's your asterisk, okay? You remember the week before vacation, Judy and I went out eating and drinking with friends eight nights in a row. So it was like, that was, see, that's it, lies, damn lies and statistics. Yeah, I lost a pound because I was fat as a hog before we went on vacation. But I'm happy to say it got no worse. Anyway. There you go. There you go. You're like Joe Biden claiming he created jobs because he took over during a pandemic. It's a similar sort of math. That's exactly what it is. Well, exactly. bad good, good example, sir. <laughs> uh, you know what there ought to be, though? And this just occurred. I wonder if there is something like this. Is there an analogy to your weight for how much you've been drinking? Because, obviously, if you eat too much, you have a concrete measure at the end of whatever time period you're talking about that shows you clearly you ate too damn much. But if you drink like a fish, shouldn't there be like a, I don't know, a liver function rate, weight, something that tells you you did damage? That would be really good if people had that, you know? Maybe you're in jail with a string of ex-wives. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's more a long-term measure than I was talking about, but yeah, I see your point. So here's some of the success stuff that, I hadn't heard before. We all know that most New Year's resolutions uh, we don't keep, right? Uh, after one week, 75% are still successful at their main New Year's resolution, which is really amazing. Only 76 yeah. In a week. <laughs> in a week. Uh, after two weeks, the number drops to 71%. So you're down, a th you know, dang near a third of people drop off in two weeks. After a month, it's down to 64%. After six months... 46%. So half people, over half of people have dropped the resolution within a year. I've always heard that, which kind of gives you a negative view of New Year's resolutions, but I hadn't heard this one. In comparison of those who people who have people who have similar goals but do not set a resolution, only 4% are successful after 6 months. Wow. So people who make a New Year's resolution about half are still successful after half the year. But if you just say, yeah, I'm going to kind of try to do this or that, but don't like really, you know, I resolve to, that's only 4%. So significantly more successful by making a New Year's resolution. Yeah, I would say so. And if you mix in the knowledge that you will stumble, you will have bad weeks, but then you just get back on the horse. You know, if your resolution is to ride more horses, for instance, uh, just get back to it. It's fine. Of course, you're going to have a bad week or maybe even a bad month. Assume you will. Don't get discouraged. Just get back to it. Yeah, maybe you're back in jail with another string of ex-wives. <laughs> Ex, you know, living companion with the same idea. Right, right. Um, my own personal, it's, so my brother last year, he had made the New Year's resolution to stop eating French fries because he realized he had eaten French fries like 15 days in a row or something like that. Mm. So he, uh, he made it an entire 365 days without eating French fries. And then on January 1st, two days ago, uh, here in town, he went right to McDonald's and got a large fries. So anyway, he, he made it the year. So I'm going to do the same with donuts. That's, that's my easy one. I'm not going to eat donuts this year. I think I can do that. But my biggest New Year's resolution, and you know, getting to your whole measure thing, is I want to get more freaking 
sleep. I really, really do. But I don't know how to, like, it's not as easy as uh, I'm going to go to the gym every day or I'm not going to eat donuts or something. I don't know. I don't know if I need to, like, come up with a certain number of hours and then punish myself harshly if I fall below it. I, I don't know what's the best way to go about it. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, you sound better rested. You know? I know you, I do. Yeah, you sound great. I mean, handsome, I, I, fit. No, just sharp. Well, you sound sharp. Sure. I feel sharp. I sound sharp. I'm very sharp. There, there's so, so much data out there for what getting enough sleep does for you. I mean, that's, it's not even a question anymore. It's, it's almost like smoking. You know, the, the debate is over. It's just, can you do it or not? So, yeah, and uh, to hammer the drinking thing one more time, you're no longer a degenerate drunk like your co-host, but um, uh, the quality of sleep you get is so much better when, you're not, uh, when you don't go to bed with a buzz on. So, you know, oh, really? Reason. You noticed that, huh? Yeah, I, I do. I absolutely do. And I was uh, chatting with a buddy of mine over break. We were actually playing golf, and he's a pretty fit guy. Uh, but he's done, you know, your fitness watch thingy. He's done one of those, and I don't recall the brand, but it's like a subscription deal with analysis and just it, super in-depth because he's a pretty damn good athlete. He's a tennis player. And uh, he said he's got enough data now. He's probably going to discontinue it. But he says he can see it's demonstrable. It's unmistakable. The decline in the quality of sleep if he goes to bed with a few drinks in him. Really? Yes. Yeah, the quality of REM sleep, the duration of it. Um, just all that stuff. I wonder why that's not discussed more. That's a good one right there. Well, I've read it many times, um, but uh, no, it's not widely known, I guess. But anyway, again, and I'm not trying to lecture anybody. Um, I'm I'm just enthusiastic about the idea. I'm glad I'm doing it. And uh, I remember the first couple of times I did this, it was hard for me. This year, I'm so glad. It's almost a relief. Hmm, interesting. Anyway, the old reset button. Moderation I think it's a good idea. Moderation for some people is very easy. I'm not. I'm not good at moderation with anything. I'm a. I'm an all or nothing sort of person. So uh, I kind of have to either cut stuff out or or do it to it to extreme. But I wish I wasn't that way, but it seems to be the way I'm built. Yeah. So we've got a lot of good stuff to get to. Uh, a pretty good explanation of what happened to that uh, football player who died on the field last night, brought back to life in the hospital. Um, also, you know, a little information on old Dr. Fauci. Um, I don't know. What else do we have? I represent science. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, And some great analysis I came across. I'm not sure we have time, but you know how India's not been very cooperative with sanctions on Russia and that sort of thing? A great explanation of why, and it really made sense to me. Uh, So all sorts of good stuff to come. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, uh, we had a video feed going for a while, but it, it, it grew funky. Uh, so I could see Jack, who has been doing the show from a car in Wichita, Kansas, with his uh, stocking cap, as we used to call them, on. A beanie, I believe you're supposed to call them these days. Um, in the, the wintry snows of Wichita, as he is, Michael, a prisoner of Southwest Airlines. But he'll be back in a moment or two. Uh, hour three, I'm looking forward to a big feature on how the left is continuing in 2023 to try to twist the language and how important it is that we not let them and we don't go along with it. Stay tuned. A little geopolitics, if you don't mind. I found this really interesting. Uh, India is a fascinating place in so many ways, historically, politically, culturally. Uh, and and is going to be a huge part of the future. It's going to be a bigger country than China before too terribly long uh, in terms of population. And the New York Times, which when it's not being insufferably liberal, liberal does some really good international coverage. And they had this piece, Russia's war could make it India's world. The invasion of Ukraine compounding the effects of the pandemic have contributed to the ascent of a giant that defies easy alignment. It could be the decisive force in a changing global system. And, uh, you know, I've, I've griped a little bit about how India and other countries are not on board with punishing Russia for what they're doing. And this is a pretty good explanation of it. Um, they're talking about uh, talking to the Indian foreign minister about uh, Russia and just the current you know, state of the world and that sort of thing. Um, and he believes right now is a transformative moment, quote, a world order, which is still very, very deeply Western, as he put it in an interview, it's being hurried out of existence by the impact of the war in Ukraine to be replaced by a world of, quote, multi alignment, where countries will choose their own particular policies and preferences and interests. Certainly, writes the New York Times that actually I should give credit because it's a good article. Uh, Roger Cohen. Uh, certainly, that is what India has done since the war in Ukraine began on February 24th. It has rejected American and European pressure at the United Nations to condemn the Russian invasion, turned Moscow into its largest oil supplier, and dismissed the perceived hypocrisy of the West. Far from apologetic, its tone has been unabashed and its self-interest broadly naked. Quote, this is the Indian foreign minister now. 
I would still like to see a more rules-based world, but when people start pressing you in the name of a rules-based order to give up, to compromise on what are very deep interests, at that stage, I'm afraid it's important to contest that and, if necessary, call it out. In other words, with its almost 1.4 billion inhabitants, soon to overtake China as the world's most populous, India has a need for cheap Russian oil to sustain its 7% annual growth and lift millions out of poverty. That need is non-negotiable. India gobbles up all the Russian oil it requires, even more than it needs. Uh, for the minister, time is up on the mindset that, quote, Europe's problems are the world's problems, but the world's problems are not Europe's, as he put it in June. Uh, he talks about the Ukraine war, which has provoked moral outrage in the West over Russian atrocities. It's caused different anger elsewhere. One focused on a skewed and outdated global distribution of power. That's an editorial comment by the writer, but fair enough. As Western sanctions against Russia have driven up energy prices, food prices, fertilizer costs, causing acute economic difficulties in poorer countries, resentment of the United States and Europe has stirred in Asia and in Africa. It's interesting that this writer attributes the... Uh, the rises in all those prices to the sanctions as opposed to the war. It's worth quibbling a little bit about that, but to, to squeeze in what we can. Um, since February, Europe has imported six times as much fossil fuel energy from Russia that India has done, says the minister. Six times as much. So if a $60,000 per capita society feels it needs to look after itself, I accept that as legitimate. But they should not accept a $2,000 per capita society to take a hit. It's an interesting point. More to come. If you can't stick around, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's Higgins wide open to midfield and lowers the shoulder for 13. And now another Bills player is down. Tell exactly who that is. Maybe Hamlin. Damar Hamlin is the one who was in on that stop on T. Higgins. And then he got up and just went right back down to the ground. Well, you can see that the ambulance is out there on the field and they are intensely working on Damar Hamlin. The entire Bills team is out on the field right now. Several players are down on their knees. Other players are holding hands, praying. You can just see the worried looks uh, on their faces. Damar Hamlin of the uh, Buffalo Bills in a collision on the field. Monday Night Football last night, his heart stopped. It was restarted on the field. Uh, and he's in critical condition currently. We have a doctor explaining more or less what might have happened. But uh, Jack rejoins us from his automobile in Wichita. Perhaps you'd explain, should explain you're not down and out. You're just stranded. <laughs> well, I'll, live, I'll end up living in my car soon enough. But for now, <laughs> I'm just in the parking lot of the hotel I'm staying in because I'm a prisoner of Southwest Airlines. As so many millions of people have been for the last couple of weeks. So uh, the football player that did, did, would you is it is it fair to say he died on the field last night and then yeah, he was I think brought so. back to life? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, his heart stopped. Um, uh, but think well. Why don't we go ahead and play cut twenty three, Michael, a doctor explaining what probably happened. What we saw happen tonight is not related to any sort of vaccines. This is almost certainly something called commotio cordis, an extremely, extremely rare condition that's one of those things that we typically only think we're going to read about in textbooks. Essentially what can happen is if you have a blunt trauma to the chest that occurs at exactly the right time in the cardiac electrical cycle, your heart can be sent into cardiac arrest. As Hamlin comes in here, we can see this square hit to the front of his chest. We see him get back up momentarily before ultimately collapsing back down to the ground and requiring CPR on the field. So this is the same thing that happens once every 20 years. Some poor little leaguer gets hit in the chest with a line drive or something like that um, in precisely the right spot at precisely the right time in the cardiac rhythm. And it's a one in, I don't know how many millions of times tragedy uh, when it happens on a Little League field. But in an NFL game, you have, it's like an ER. Uh, it's like a hospital emergency room surrounding that field. It's like, if you're going to break a limb, do it in a ski town. Because you have the best orthopedic surgeons in the world there. Certainly the best practiced. And this guy was surrounded by medical professionals and equipment. Thank God. So if that happens to you, like I'm, I don't know. Um, wherever I am and I get hit in the chest and that happens, I'd probably die, right? Because you need to get help immediately or you're going to die. Yeah, somebody like, doing stay CPR. Dead. Yeah, I, 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 Did they put the paddles to them? They they don't focus in tight when guys are getting that sort of emergency treatment generally. Um, and I wasn't watching well, the I, game. Uh, I, you know, I was kind of, it was on where I was and it, I think, I think it, it, the Bronx let us know that he was getting CPR. As soon as they mentioned that, I thought, well, his heart, he had a heart attack. I mean, why else would they be doing, why would else would they be doing that? Um, so, yeah, once they mentioned that, then it became a completely different kind of injury than anything you usually see on a football field when they're doing CPR to a guy on the field. Holy crap. Yeah, and we haven't mentioned this, but uh, for reasons of taste and that every other football player was so completely freaked out, they 
suspended the rest of the game. They said, we'll figure this out later. There's no football tonight, folks. Go home. Um, and it was a very important game for a playoff and who's going to the home field advantage, Super Bowl, et cetera. Very important game, yeah, and they just stopped it. And uh, also, I, I'm happy to see that I have not seen anybody rebroadcast the hit, run a, run a rerun of the, the hit where he falls over backwards. Um, uh, I was happy to see that. Yeah, I don't see any need to see a healthy young man die, uh, even though he was revived. He's in critical condition still um, in the hospital. I have no idea what his prognosis is. I don't know squat about the topic, but um, certainly hope the young man's all right. He's said to be a, a fine fella and uh, generous to charity and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, he's a human being, so I hope he's fine. Uh, but but scary stuff. You know what's coming inevitably? I kind of hope it's not, but it probably is. The editorials that say uh, football is just too dangerous and we need to stop playing it or fundamentally change the game. And I just I think that's a, a terrible idea. Now, if there are equipment uh, adjustments that can be made, the helmets, for instance, are way better these days than they were 20 years ago. Because Well, why don't you just put them in skirts? That's what I say. Thank you for that intelligent comment. So um, uh, improving the game or the equipment is great, but if we design a society where young men grown and grown men can't do stuff that's exciting and fun but a little bit dangerous, we are absolutely doomed. Tee us like uh, up like a golf ball and let China hit us into the dustbin of history. A weird metaphor at best. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, if we get that, that soft and that just concerned about safety at every moment, that big strapping young man, men can't say, I love this game. I want to play this more than I want to do anything else in my life. I'm willing to divorce Giselle Bundchen and, and not be with my kids full time if it'll get me another season of this game. You got to let people do that. Right, right. Would you feel the same way if it were uh, men who want to, uh, you know, gladiators who want to fight lions and were regularly eaten? As long as well, they want to do it, let them. Well, I don't think the lion can consent to that, really. <laughs> I mean, right. if they want to fight each other, hmm, well, there, there's a limit, certainly. I mean, okay. uh, like uh, Monday night gunfights, for instance. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's a great idea. Barbaric! <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of the same argument, though, right? If we have a bunch of young, tough guys who want to get in gunfights or, uh, you know, cage matches to the death or whatever... Wow. Can you imagine, though, if it was like Monday night gunfights and it was like OK Corral style, a couple of guys on a Western street and they're both, uh, you know, quick shoot experts, quick shooters, whatever you call them. Oh, boy, it'd be hard not to watch and hard to watch. <laughs> so next segment, we've got to talk about the fact that they arrested a dude in those Idaho murders. And it certainly oh, yeah. looks like it's the guy. Um, and what a weird story that is. So, yeah, we need to get into that next segment. Um, yes, so bizarre and troubling. Mentioned that I'm a prisoner of Southwest Airlines, like people in, uh, in this country have been, um, and their luggage also for the last couple of weeks. What is this a turning point, do you think? God, I hope it is, in our relationship between flyers and the airlines. Because for many, many years, as we have been complaining and so many others, the airlines have just been bending us over. They get to treat us as bad as they want just punishes and we have to put up with it because you know it's not a monopoly but there's a only a couple of companies the 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 cost of entering into it 
kind of makes the whole free market solution difficult. I, and I don't know what to, to what extent the government is involved in, you know, in keeping prices where they are. I'm not, you know, knowledgeable enough on that. But, God, it just seems like they treat us so freaking poorly and just get to continue. It gets worse and worse. The, the seats get smaller. You get less food. They charge you for more things. They leave you on the tarmac for longer. They cancel more flights. They, you know, the, the used to be, man, if you got bumped or something like that, you got a free ticket. Those days are over. I mean, so have we reached the end, hopefully? Wow. You know, you, you got kind of broad there. I was ready with an answer about the Southwest thing. But, you know, if you incorporate all that stuff, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough nut to crack. Um, you just have to go with the airline that treats you best consistently and be willing to pay a little extra. Southwest Airlines is an interesting question, though, because their strengths are undeniable and and for folks who don't live on the west coast southwest airlines is kind of the official airline of of uh, california um in that you know people fly constantly from la to san francisco to sacramento to san diego and all points in between uh easily inexpensively it's it's one of the reasons the the whole bullet train thing was totally unnecessary not to mention unworkable but it uh, Southwest has, and now everybody knows this, undeniable fragility in its system. And I would really hesitate to book Southwest in the wintertime for the rest of my life unless they really change the way they do things. But if they change the way they do things, they're probably going to be more expensive and less wonderful at getting from, say, Sacramento to San Diego. Right. So buyer beware. Um, you, know, you don't I, I, have to think about. I'm sorry if if you don't fly Southwest. The thing about Southwest that's cool and unique is they don't really have hubs in the same way as other airlines. They just fly from point to point to point, and so you can go from a so-called secondary city to another secondary city uh, d- direct. Maybe they only have one flight a day or two, but you can do it, which is really cool. Yeah, but man, like I said, the relationship between the airlines and the flyers has just gotten so bad. They treat us so bad. (laughs) And I just, I also wondered, did anybody, I didn't actually make it on any Southwest flights. My my original flights to the Midwest got canceled, so I drove. And then so far, my flights back have all been canceled. Uh, Surely they stopped making the jokes. If you don't fly Southwest, that's part of the routine is the stewardesses. they They make jokes all the time. I gotta believe they had to head the joke somewhere in the last couple of weeks because nothing would have been funny at that point. Yeah, yeah. Here, here. Well, the uh, arrest in the Idaho slangs bizarre case. Uh, we'll get to that. We ought to know a whole heck of a lot more soon. But uh, the facts on that coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Show. 28-year-old Brian Kohlberger was arrested early Friday morning by a SWAT team at his parents' home in eastern Pennsylvania. He had been there since mid-December. Moscow police say he is the only person responsible for the murders of four Idaho students November 13th. But their work continues as they build a prosecution with the public's help. The police department believes that the person we have in custody, which would be Kohlberger, is the one who is responsible for these crimes. We are still continuing to investigate, and certainly we're looking into all aspects, uh, but he has been named as our suspect, and we believe he is the one that is responsible. I have a feeling most people are kind of up on the basic facts, but just to run through them really quickly, this uh, Brian Kohlberger, they're talking about 28-year-old criminology PhD student at Washington State University, which is right across the border. It's like 10, 12 miles away. Um, from the campus in Idaho where the killings took place. He was arrested Friday in eastern Pennsylvania at his parents' house. He had the uh, now infamous Hyundai Elantra, the white car there with him, um, and, and they're sure they have the right guy. Jack, are you there? Nope, apparently not. Uh, in case you're just tuning in, uh, Jack is in Wichita, Kansas, in his car. There he is. Go ahead. Sure. Sorry, I was muted. I am in my car because I'm a prisoner of Southwest Airlines. Thank you, Michael. Um, Yeah, one of the interesting things about this dude, a Ph.D. student who one of his undergraduate professors said was one of the two smartest students she'd ever had. Um, So super smart guy studying crime stuff uh, was a twistoid. Oh, also, the other interesting part of the story was uh, everybody who knew him said he became a completely different person his senior year of high school, whether mental illness drove him to drugs or drugs made him mentally ill, drugs were part of it, and he got very, very crazy, became a different person overnight when he was like 18 years old, and now he's a you know quadruple murderer, it would seem. 
Yeah, the description I keep hearing is that he was, he's a very smart guy, but he would, uh, you know, he'd give you a hard time or want to wrestle or something. And, and around his senior year in high school, he just got flat mean. He His comments were meant to hurt. He would put you in an arm lock and not let you go or a chokehold or whatever um, and turned into something of a bully. Uh, and, and then talked about becoming a police officer and studied crime obsessively. And according to people who lived near him uh, in his grad student days recently uh, there in Washington, he was fascinated by why people commit crimes, what they're thinking of before, during and after. What's the mindset? And he seemed like a guy just enthusiastic about his field. But it sure looks like the firefighter who's an arsonist thing, doesn't it? But just so yeah. horrible. Yeah, he was he was trying to learn I maybe to how to get away with a crime. Uh and you know, be the ultimate uh serial killer. Who knows what his plan was? Maybe we'll find out through the trial process. He's alive. They got him, you know, they arrested him alive and apparently he's talking somewhat, so maybe we'll find out. Yeah, there is one particular sort of psychopath that tries to get away with things just to prove their superiority. Um, or this guy had murderous impulses all along and, and was just trying to understand them. I think two-thirds of psychology majors in American universities are psych majors because they know their own psychology is a little uh, you know, uncomfortable. I'll just say that. Sure. Um, because it includes some people I love. Um, and I just wonder if this guy had these murderous impulses as was trying to uh, understand them. Hey, a quick uh, comment from a forensics expert on the investigation clip number 32, Michael. You know, this car they've been looking for for a while now. That car, I want people to understand really how important this piece of evidence is. That car was a rolling crime scene because if it was used as a conveyance for him from the scene in Moscow, he got into the car and went back to Pullman, even to his apartment. We can pretty accurately say that he was probably drenched in blood. He was super saturated. This is four, four victims that were stabbed. Sharp force injuries generate a tremendous amount of trauma and, of course, blood. I know we don't want to talk about that, but that's the reality of it. So they're expecting to have uh, loads and loads of evidence against this guy. Uh, one somewhat chilling note is that uh, after executing these four poor young people in a horrible fashion, he went back to class. He went back to his Ph.D. classes in crime at Washington State. And uh, as you might expect, in the criminology classes, they were talking about the murders a lot. And uh, they say he went from perpetually exhausted to chattier. He always had a coffee in hand. He, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he seemed to have a lot of energy. Uh, his behavior changed markedly after he killed those people. Um, that he uh, he just seemed energized and on edge, which is just scary. But then when they would discuss the crime specifically, he would clam up and be uh, just quiet and have nothing to say. So can you imagine the people sitting in the class talking about the murder with the killer, allegedly? Oh, my God. Of course, you know, they're all crime students. Is the biggest crime that had happened is a is a, a national phenomenon, let alone the biggest crime that had happened in that area of the country, maybe ever. So of course they were talking about it all the time. To find out that he was the guy, oh my God, you wouldn't be able to sleep for a month. How weird is that? Oh my gosh, you're sitting right next to him, and what do you think, Brian? I don't know. Uh, so uh, what's likely to happen? It's thought he will waive extradition, any fight of the extradition. 
Um, because in a state-to-state extradition, the only thing you can say is, I'm not the guy they're naming. Uh, if you are the guy they're naming, you get sent. Um, once he appears in an Idaho court, which from what I've heard is probably going to be tomorrow, but who knows, um, officials can largely release the probable cause affidavit, which will tell us what led to his arrest nearly seven weeks after the killing, um, talk about the DNA evidence, talk about whatever they have. Because in the if you saw the press conference the chief held a few days ago, the chief of the Moscow police, um, he, he said nothing about nothing. He held it all back practically. Um, and so we'll know a lot more about the investigation, what they have on this guy. But it's just, well, there was no result that was going to make anybody say, oh, all right. Well, that's not so bad. It's, it's horrifying no matter what. Right. But, right, right. oh, this is extra strange. Well, certainly the original statement from the cops that we don't think anybody else, you know, is in danger we were all in danger anywhere in the country from the psychopath. Anywhere he decided to go, he might have killed somebody. This was a targeted attack. Well, you know, we, we will know more soon. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe there was a personal connection, but nobody has said anything about any connection. And you'd think somebody on one of the campuses would know of one. It just seems like somebody obsessed with crime and killing decided to try it. Yeah, we're running out of time, but we'll have to talk more about this later. The, the, the cell phone pings, that whole angle of tracking him down and putting him close to the victims is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And there will be a lot more of that to come uh, next hour. And this is not new, but it's uh, every bit as, as urgent a topic as it's ever been. The left is trying desperately to twist the language and force you to adopt their new verbiage. For specific reasons, too. We've got a bunch of great examples, some of them hilarious, some of them troubling. Stay tuned. If you can't stay tuned, grab the podcast later. It's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.